It's really a pity that there seems to be a common perception that thinking is an activity that is only for certain kinds of people. Uh, maybe our nerdy friends, for more academic type of people, professors, uh, teachers, scientists, and, and, and such. And uh, this is unfortunate because on the contrary, thinking is, is, is the most basic human activity. That's what distinguishes us from all animals. And uh, without it, what, what really can we accomplish? What can we do? What, uh, what uh, depth of relationships can we have? What real success in life can we have if we go about life completely thoughtlessly and we don't actually think? Right? And um, it's just like uh, physical fitness. We need to work out a little bit. We need to stay in shape a little bit, keep the body active at least a little bit. So it's the same thing with the mind. So it's really unfortunate, like we said, that uh, there's this common impression. And it's just that it so happens due to the way the educational systems nowadays are structured in a lot of parts of the world that there's a, a, a coincidental association between thought and something like colleges and schools, universities, PhDs, MDs, masters, bachelors. These are just things we made up. We could get rid of all of those labels, SATs, IQ tests. ACTs, uh, pop quizzes, those are just words, right? We could get rid of all of them and still the capacity to think would remain. So consequently, again, we do ourselves a big favor if we try to uh, get rid of those associations in our mind and instead of thinking of thinking as something that's exclusive to somebody or something that's uh, academic or pedantic, just thinking that it's like physical activity. It's a basic thing. Just like every day I use a... Like we said, uh, uh, my body, hopefully, do at least a little jog, at least a couple jumping jacks. I want to think at least a little bit every day. We, we can think, right? Uh, but for in order for that to work, we do need to think a little bit about what thinking actually is because it's not as simple as we may think. <laughs> we need a different word. Uh, so one thing to say is that thinking is not simply regurgitating sounds and words. And so we sometimes forget that and we think that the terms that we use, whether it's through speech or whether it's through writing or whether it's through sign language or whether it's through Braille, uh, we think that these, uh, uh, these marks, these symbols, these sounds are something in and of their own self. And we therefore think that if we simply uh, rearrange them in some sort of way, uh, it may be according to what we think some sort of people uh, somebody else would approve of or, or think that we're smart for doing we think that we're thinking right so we think that oh thinking okay i need to wikipedia something about physics okay physics e equals mc squared i've had a thought very nice uh, i want to think a little bit about history okay so i read a i'm reading a book right now about history it's it's telling me these sentences Rome, Greece, right? So that's not thinking. That's simply reading something or marks that in, in their own self have no sense whatsoever. So we have to develop the capacity to actually interface with ideas as opposed to simply with marks. And that is something that takes a, can take a little while to develop, but it, it's, it's worth it, like we said. It's a good thing. Uh, and, and it's something that uh, most of us never do, even on the highest levels of supposed other people may think we're thinkers, right? We may have a PhD or two PhDs and have written many best-selling books, but it's very unlikely that we're actually thinkers, and it's much more likely that we're simply rearranging different marks and different sentences according to certain roles, according to certain impressions, again, of what we think somebody will approve of and, and stuff like that. So we, wanna, uh, we can offer an example of, of uh, thinking 
uh, to the best of uh, this speaker's current ability uh, just to, to, to get us going. And uh, so here we see, first of all, another thing to understand is that it doesn't have to be, again, we have these associations. Thinking is something that has to do with philosophy or with physics or with science. No, we can think about anything and everything at all. We can grab the first thing uh, that comes to our attention and we can begin thinking and we can think honestly forever about it or starting with it because in order to understand any single thing completely, well, we need to understand everything, right? If we want to understand a, a little speck of dust completely, well, then we need to understand everything else in the universe, correct? In order to understand it because if there's something that we still don't understand uh, at, all, uh, at large, well, then there's an aspect that concerning the speck of dust that we don't understand. So we see we can take anything off the shelf, anything in front of us, and just begin to honestly, sincerely think about it. And, uh, and, we, can, and we can go from there, and we can plant the seeds of a rich inner thought life where we're working on problems, when we're, where we're trying to figure things out. Uh, excuse me. And, um, and all of that, which is great. Probably one more note before we begin is that we have to distinguish uh, animalistic thinking from human thinking. So animalistic thinking is thinking that is calculated to attain some or another animal bodily end. And this is something that many other animals, arguably even insects, in some way, in some way shape, or form, uh, engage in. So for example, uh, a squirrel may, quote unquote, think, if we're gonna risk anthropomorphizing it a little bit, we can say that, where did I hide uh, my acorn? Right? And uh, a, a monkey may think, where where can I find some new bananas on a different tree or on a, on a beach on a tropical island? How can I steal some drinks from tourists? We can see these funny little videos, right? So it, we also, this is generally, if we do think, this is generally the thinking that we do is we're thinking, how can I hatch a plan to earn money? How can I hatch a plan to win somebody's affection? How can I figure out how to best sell my home uh, at the highest price? or how to negotiate this deal. This thinking we do engage in, but this is animalistic thinking and this is not the real uh, uh, human thought that can really do do great things for us. It can only uh, lead us to, uh, it's not to say we shouldn't do it, obviously we should, but there's a separate place for it. It's just to say that we can make a distinction between that kind of conniving animalistic thought, whether it's, which again can be phenomenal and great when it's appropriate and, and real thought. Real thought is detached from any interest. Real thought, we're not thinking, how will this make me look good? How will this earn me money? How will this uh, make me look smart in front of somebody? We're thinking, what is really, what am I really able to think in the clearest possible way? After exploring all possible options and going down every single path that comes to mind, what am I still able to say? So the question is, why would we think like that? Because we understand we can't do anything without a motive. And consequently, it's naive and, and foolish to say, oh, we should just be, be willing to do it in order to do it. Just because maybe it's, it's for the beauty of it, right? Just the love of, of the game. No. All right. So the, the, the point, the motive is to understand that uh, we are a part uh, of reality, right? People, you and I. And consequently, our highest good can only be when we interface with reality. It can't be ultimately in something that we make up. It can't be in some fantasy of ours. It can't be in some sort of misguided, ambiguous uh, uh, sentences that, that we cling to, like a dog to a bone. It can only be in reality. And what can reality be to us other than the, the highest uh, degree of clarity of our, of our thought 
that what we just what we call our thought, not to say it is our thought, as if that tells us anything interesting. It's just we're referring to what whatever the reality is by that word, uh, in the highest degree of clarity. So consequently, that's the motive. It's our good, but it's not the or animalistic, lowly, scheming type of good. Again, how can I scam somebody out of money? How can I uh, earn earn something? How can I gain pleasure? It's not that. It's the highest good that that is possible for for a sentient. Uh, rational being, but the only way to do to, to get to it is to think as clearly a, as we possibly can. So that's the motive. It's a selfish motive in a sense, but again, it's a somewhat we could dis- distinguish it from the from the other uh, selfish, animalistic kinds of motives. With, with those notes, preliminary remarks. Let's try to think about something. So let's grab anything, any common thing. Um, uh, grandma. All right. Let, let's think about our grandma. Uh, whether we have one or not at the moment we somebody was let, let's take it the, to, to be our mother of our mother just for simplicity's sake so somebody uh, was was the mother of our mother at one point right? whether even if again we don't even know the name of the person somebody was the mother of, uh, of our mother so let's now try to think about our grandmother and and what are we able to say right so immediately the false approaches come to mind one of them or or the 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 deceiving approaches one of them is to immediately think what can i see through a microscope right what can i see in in a lab result uh what what can i uh, what theory can i look up in maybe psychology right here's a paper that was uh peer-reviewed and published uh and explains the the uh, the benefits of a of a grandparent, and then I can combine it with this other uh, scientific, uh, in my judgment, uh, paper that shows the influence of uh, the brain of of the the grandmother. Right. So this is also not thought. This is again the the recombination of different terms, which is not to say that kind of stuff doesn't have its place, but it's not what we're talking about. So how we think is we have to interface directly with something other than sounds and marks. So we think, okay. First of all, grandmother, what is that? So sound, grandmother, right? It, it, so consequently, in a different language, it's something else in Spanish, I believe it's uh, abuela, right? So if somebody who doesn't, it only speaks English, they don't speak Spanish, you tell them abuela. Like, what? No, no comprendo, or no, I don't understand. Conversely, somebody in Spanish, you tell them grandma, they, they don't speak a single word of English, you say, no comprendo, I don't understand, right? So we see just the sound. So we can't just, uh, without any other thought, just say, okay, now I'm gonna define the sound. We have to do a little uh, uh, preliminary uh, thinking here as well. So we think uh, something, uh, a way we method we could use to go forward is, is asking, what context is the sound used in? What what do people? When do people use it? What do people refer to? So we see from uh, examining usage that a person refers to uh, the the mother of their mother uh, with this sound. And uh, but now we just ask, what's a mother, right? So here in in the simple, we again we consider the usage of the sound, and we say that. There's such a thing in our experience that uh, following certain uh, steps, uh, a, a body begins to grow inside of another body. And uh, after a certain number of months, this body comes out. So we then posit that there's a relation between the body that came out and uh, the body which it was in before. So then we repeat this step again and say that the body from which the body came out itself grew and came out of a different body and we say that there's some kind of relation between that body and the uh, 
what would we say, the third body in, in question, right? The body from the body from the body, if, if we're correct there, right? So uh, that, that seems to be uh, the, uh, the usage uh, in the simplistic usage of the term. So we now ask ourselves, for example, again, this is completely winging it and, and just offering an example of how we can think, uh, use our capacity to think about something random. It's not to make specific points. It's not to... To, to, to dogmatize about our grandma it's simply to, to as, as an example let's just keep that in mind so now uh, we can ask uh, so, so this relation of a body having come out of a body where does where does this relation exist uh, is it something is it a question of photographic evidence uh, so photographic evidence can can lead us to to this thought right and so can a lab test a, a, a genetic uh, test like 23 and me uh, so can um testimony right so can somebody saying i i gave birth to this child and then that person gave birth to me uh, all of these things can lead us to this idea but we see it's not a, a question of something that simple in its own self right if we uh, uh we we take a video of a, of a mouse giving birth and then we time lapse that that uh mouse that was given birth to and uh, we take a video of it giving birth to another mouse. And then to that mouse, we try to like show all of this evidence and we say, look, that's your grandma, I can prove it to you. Here's a video of you coming out of this mouse who came out of that mouse. Good luck, right? So we see that it's not a question of simply imagery that uh, in itself is anything. It has to be comprehended. It has to be understood. So here then, uh, uh, this this uh, relation or this this understanding it would seem to lie in, in what we call a mind, right? And now we can ask ourselves, what's a mind, right? Because mind is also just a sound. Uh, and for if, again, we want to, if we wanted to, to go down, down that path, we could. And then we could think and think and think again, what is a mind? What's its relation to a brain? What's a brain, right? But we're going to stick a little bit to this path. But we can give ourselves little uh, pointers to, to how we could think, if uh, what paths we could go down if, if we wanted to. Uh, so uh, we say, for whatever be the meaning of the term mind, this relation uh, that, that we here um, indicate exists in a mind, right? And uh, consequently, we can't say that th this relation is anywhere other than in a person's uh, experience, right? So consequently, uh, we would say that in order for a person to have a grandma, we said at first everybody has a grandma, but maybe not because maybe if somebody has never thought about these things and somebody has no awareness that their body was born in another body which was born in, or no, I'm sorry, not born in, came from another, came from a body which came from another body, well then that those relations do not exist for the person. So here we say, yeah, but they actually do exist, but just not to the person. So now we have an, another very fruitful line of study. What What's the difference between something existing in its own self and existing as an object of knowledge to somebody? We could pursue that as well, but we won't now. All right, so, uh, so an example of that is if a person uh, was raised on uh, an island, not raised on it's a person's a Mowgli, right? They're, he or she is raised by wolves. Whether or not there's some alleged uh, stories like that, sure or not, we can imagine it, no problem. We can watch the movie and, and take that as an example. So here, uh, what? how would the, the, the this Mowgli have any notion that he, he or she has a, a grandma, right? Maybe by watching the wolves or, or, or the other animals, and then the notion could come to mind, and the kid could begin to think, oh, maybe my body also formed in, in somebody else's body, and, and that repeated itself. But aside from that kind of thought process, this, this wouldn't be any kind of notion whatsoever 
to uh, to to this uh, to the Mowgli to the feral child. Uh, so um, we see we need to bear this this notion in mind. But is that it? So we would say that no, that's simply that we we would use a different term to indicate that kind of relation. It might be a hereditary relation, right? Uh, would be the terminology we would use. Why? Because simply the knowledge that there was, I came from a body which came from a body is not the same thing as what we mean in our usage by the term grandma. So we mean something else. So it would seem that we mean, excuse me, um, we mean a, a relationship not just with the body, but with the owner of the body, meaning the subjective experience which considers a given body to be its own. Right, so here we say, uh, in order then to, to form that other part of this concept there, uh, uh, which is meant by the term grandma, we would have to reach out to the owner of the body of the body from which we came, and uh, we would have to say, "Hey, how are you? I'm I'm the uh, I'm the owner of the body of the body of the body which came from you." If we said that correctly, aka, or, or you're the the mother of my mother. And just to, to not use those words that we haven't defined, or to not use uh, words in their definition um, that we're trying to define, uh, right? So if we did that, we reached out to, to this this uh, this owner of the body, and then we can say, "I, I want to get to know you as a person, not just as as a body from which a body came from which my body came, but as a person. You have interests, you have hobbies, some things you like, some things you dislike. You have fears, you have hopes, right? You have ideals." You have morals. You have uh, ideas of your own. So I want to get to know you then as an individual. So now that then be begins a process. For some people, it's uh, immediately after birth. For other people, they their grandma's in a different country or uh, they don't meet their grandma until, for, for very obviously a million different family situations, they don't meet their grandma until they're, they're 20, until they're 30, until they're 40. So then it will be a little bit more awkward and a little bit more formal, but it will be the same idea. It's like... Uh, 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 right, uh, I'm introducing myself as the owner of the body from from the body uh, which came from your body, and that's an interesting thing, right? So now, if this this uh, person, the owner of that body, doesn't uh, uh, show interest back and says, "I don't care," I, I want, yeah, I once had a kid and and uh, that I totally forgot about, and she apparently had you. What does it have to do with me? I want to be gambling and and uh, enjoying my retirement. And not to say all oh, grandmas are retired, there's some younger ones, but let's just say, right? Then it's a problem because then that relation is not in the other person's mind. And we see that uh, it, this this is not a question simply of photographic evidence, as with the mouse example. It's a question of the concepts ly laying in people's minds. So then the, uh, one person says, you are my grandma. And the other person says, no, I'm not your grandma because I don't care that uh, about any of this. I barely remember that I once had a kid 50 or 60 or whatever years ago, and then I gave her up went for, for adoption, right? And then the fact that she had you, now I have to like uh, take time away for, from my day, from my schedule to talk to you. No, I don't acknowledge they are my grandson. So here we see another complication. We can think about uh, the the relation of a person's uh, intent, intents and beliefs concerning questions of reality like this, right? Would it make the, the person not uh, the, the, our grandma or would it still make them our grandma that's something to explore and right, so uh, but but let's say we've reached out to, to the owner of this uh, body of, of the body to our grandma's body to so say uh, and um, and we say you know I'm, I'm uh, your grandson I want to uh, get to know you so then again we begin that relationship and then it's a question of give and take 
It's a, that's how a relationship is built. You give something, you take something, and consequently you build care and regard and concern and love for uh, the other person. And um, over time, then this notion, this concept that is called grandma is constructed over many the course of many interactions, many uh, relations, much give and take, uh, uh, and all that, this concept is then built up and constructed. So consequently, what a person who has known their grandma for their whole life means by the term grandma is even more certainly not anything that can be depicted on a photograph, uh, excuse me, or made to be the, the uh, uh, you know, the, the object that, I'm sorry, uh, something found in, in a lab, right? Some kind of test results. It's, it's nothing of the sort. It might have been prompted by that, but ultimately it's that concept that has formed in, mutually in uh, the minds of, uh, in two minds that have a, that are uh, interested in each other because of this relationship of their bodies, right? Meaning if a person came up to a random old lady and just said, hey, I want to uh, be your best friend. Like what? Why? Right? There's no. What's the what's the connection between me and you? That's what we always want to know. What's the connection? What am I going to get out of it? How how are my interests aligned to yours? But here, a person has a, a, there is a natural connection that's prompted by this relation of of the body. So consequently, it, it's very likely that a person who knows that uh, that they had a they gave birth to a body, which gave birth to a body. It's very likely that that person is interested in the part in the owner of that body, aka in their grandson or granddaughter, um, and and con conversely, uh, it, it, conversely, uh, vice versa. That if somebody is aware that uh, they uh, body gave birth to them and a body gave birth to, to that body, very good chance they're interested in. Uh, uh, the, the in this case, the grandmother. There's also obviously the grandpa. Let's not forget, but we're and on the grandma on the father's side, but it's just a little bit extra detail. So we're gonna we can leave it at that as, as for for our exp thought experiment. Uh, it's it's as good as anything. So not even thought experiment, thought exercise. Just again to <clears throat> to demonstrate how we can think about something simple. And what else can we say here? We can ask, what about if? that grandma has a degenerative brain disease, Alzheimer's or dementia, and let's say she's completely forgotten that she had a grandson or a granddaughter. So uh, now, what's the status of what the relationship? What's going on? So again, if we think in naive terms and we think that this, this relation is something that can be photographed or it's something that, again, is in a lab result or something like that, then we think and nothing changes, but it's not so clear because the, the, the fact is that the, the reality of grandson or granddaughter was also a concept, just like grandma is a concept. So consequently, if that concept is now wiped away in all of those previous interactions uh, and, and that pr whole previous relationship is nowhere to be found in the memory. And the, the grandma says, huh, who are you? What are you doing here? And can't no matter how much we uh, tell her I'm your grandson or granddaughter, she doesn't re recollect it, then it's a question. And it would seem that we're no longer, uh, she's no longer a grandma from her perspective, all right? But to us, she's still a grandma. So here, why? Because her face is serving as a sign for the concept that we have in mind. For example, if we see a stop sign, we think, oh, that's a stop sign. But what that, well, what's in perception is the, the shape of a stop sign, correct? And then the color red, at least in, say, in the United States. And then uh, the, the white uh, marks that we interpret and read as letters. So it serves to us as a sign for a concept that we need to stop the vehicle 
that we are in and we need to put our uh, uh, the not the pedal to the metal the foot to to the brake right and uh, and halt because otherwise there's consequences we can get stopped so there's these complicated concepts and they're brought to mind by this sign so for us then the face of the grammar right before we want to figure out who's our grandma what what are we asking we're at, we're thinking who which mind has the concept in their mind that i am their grandchild right who who takes me my face as a sign for uh, the concept of grandchild uh, who has the memories that involve me so if we consequently there's a big uh, we go to a retirement home we're trying to find our, our grandma how do we find her we try to find the face that that is familiar right but what the face is not our grandma is it it's not the nose and, and the lips and, and and all of this the face is simply a sign like the stop sign it's like a language right uh, the, the word sky is a, in english is a sign for what we see when we look up uh, outside so here the the face is like a word it's a uh, for for the concept uh, of our grandma right so now we we've gone to um we're saying if she has a generated brain disease she doesn't remember us so now our face is not a sign for the concept of of grand uh, of grandchild right so from her own perspective she's no longer a grandma but she's a grandma to us because our son, it, it, we see the same face and it's the sign for the same concept we still remember all the memories and all the good times and all the interactions and and all of this but she doesn't so we see it's a false sign in a certain sense she is our grandma to us but she's not really a, a, any longer our grandma from her own perspective right but for that we need to step into her shoes and usually we don't step into people's shoes so we don't care she's our grandma no problem right and it's definitely not to take anything away from from, from grandma so um we can think about that and then of course we can uh, uh, here speaking of signs that's a whole endless other conversation about language and about uh, symbols and about all that kind of stuff right so if we're if we want to to uh to work out our, our mind we could we could go down those paths but we really don't right now so um uh, that's the that's the there's some ideas there uh what else another thing we can say is that say we want to figure out a, a deep question such as uh, is there what does it mean for for life for to be what does it mean for a person to be living again we could go down the fake route and try to find something we see under a microscope or try to find some some lab result or something like this and say okay what it means for my grandma to live is if her heart is beating what it means for her to die is if she's dead but if we think like this in a methodical way which is not at all to say anything we said is correct or that it cannot be refuted or cannot be there can be counter arguments purely just for the exercise of it but just to to, to, to shed a little light on what's possible here we would say that this that something like that approximately would be the method because we see we found out in our reasoning that our grandma is not something we can see it's not the sight it's not the the sight of the face it's not the the touch uh, sensations if we squeeze our hand or give her a hug that's the touch sensations and the sight of a, of a body that's not our grandma our grandma it's not even the the, the fact that our, our body came from a body which came from a body it's not even that that uh, knowledge right because that doesn't guarantee that it's gonna lead to the concept of grandma it's a complicated thing we could call it a cluster it's a collection of different items it's a collection of uh, the notion again that we said that the body came from body it came from body if we got that right it's a uh, uh, or of and also of the relationship if there was any and, and with plenty of cultural context it's a it's a complicated cluster and collection excuse me just to use those terms uh, of elements so we see then that the uh, the capacity the the potential to to say something and to touch something aka again touch the hand give a, a squeeze and give a hug 
uh, or, or to see our grandma with our eyes. That's just a part of the cluster, but it's not the cluster. So even if there comes a time or there has come a time when we can no longer see anything which serves as a sign for our grandma and we can no longer hug or squeeze the hand of anybody that serves as a sign for our grandma, our grandma is just as existent as she was before. Right? Based on this logic, at least. And we see how this is not the sophistry. It, again, based on this reasoning that we presented uh, uh, here. Uh, meaning it's not something, it's not a trick that, that we're just simply saying something to say something. We could have been, mis been mistaken somewhere in the reasoning, but in as much as we weren't, it, it, the reasoning is what it is. So we, it, we see consequently that this naive notion that uh, we can just figure out who exists based on something. Again, we can, we can take a stethoscope of pronounce that right, measure the heart rate. That's not how it is because that's not who the person was. The person was a concept and the concept remains even when again, there's nothing to serve as a sign in, in sense perception for that concept. So from here we could think even further and we could think somebody uh, in history that, that I'm told lived a thousand years ago. Well, if I gain that concept in my mind, they can live to me, excuse me, as much as uh, my, my grandma lived to me or does live to me as much as I live to myself, maybe even more. Maybe I can know a person that lived a thousand years ago better than I know myself through their work, through their tales about them and stuff like that. So consequently, just because I can't find a sign and sense perception for that concept, meaning something, a face I can see and then I think, oh, that's that person, that's that guy, that's that girl. Just because I can't touch anything and say, oh, now I've touched this person. That doesn't mean the concept is any less real according to the reasoning we've put forth thus far. Right? So we see it's very interesting that, that people can come alive in our mind in exactly the same way that anybody else is alive, including people that we can measure their heart rate and we can uh, take a photograph of them. Um, right? so, and we see that it doesn't even have to be uh, that, that that concept is informed by anything factual, it would seem. Right? As long as a person believes that uh, somebody was real, then that concept is exactly real in a person's mind. So let's say that a person uh, is adopting and... Uh, but they're not told about it. So consequently, they, the, the, the woman is, is mommy, no question about it. And, and mom's mom is, is grandma, no question about it. So if then at, at age 18, the kid is told, listen, uh, pal, you were actually uh, adopted. And uh, that's not your real grandma, right? Would the kid then say, oh, shoot, for, for, bye. You're not my real grandma. Maybe if she was uh, not such a good grandma, if she was mean, then that would be a good excuse to, to say goodbye. But if there was a great loving relationship by no stretch of the imagination, would the kid all of a sudden say goodbye? Hey, we're not going to completely rule it out. There's probably kids off their rocker that, that would be so disappointed. But by and large, the kid would say, I don't care. It has nothing to do with it. You are absolutely are my grandma. And they would absolutely be correct in the matter. Right? Because the grandma was not something simple under a microscope or a picture. It was a concept. And the concept was completely real in their mind. Right, so it doesn't change anything. The fact that later it wasn't, uh, they were told it wasn't factual, quote unquote, meaning there wasn't biological grounds for having that concept. So we see if a person, uh, it consequently, it has a concept of somebody else in their mind. As long as they believe that it's real, it is real. Just like as long as the kid believes that their grandma is real, the grandma is real. Nothing can change that unless the belief has changed. All right, so we see here also interesting food for thought. So if somebody was taught that um, uh, Harry Potter was real and the person didn't have the accompanying knowledge that it was a, a figment of, of the author's rowling, rolling, uh, whatever her name is, imagination, then Harry Potter would be exactly as real to that person 
as a grandma is to, to, to her grandson or granddaughter, right? Again, based on the reasoning we're putting forth, indeed, there wouldn't be, again, a, a pulse to measure and say that's Harry Potter's pulse. There wouldn't be a picture to take and say that's Harry Potter's picture. But as long as the person 100% believed that this is a this was a real person and this is a, the concept is in their mind, well, that concept would be exactly as real as any other concept. That seems at least somewhat clear right so that's very interesting and then we can take a whole new fresh look at history and, and mythology and 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 psychology and and all kinds of things just based on on some of these simple insights that we gain just from thinking about our grandma so anyhow that's an example we see, see how we're not thinking about the terms we're not thinking about something that we've read about some kind of restatement to make right again grandma let me look it up in the dictionary let me find a test let me find uh, 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 something in the, the, in the journal somewhere. We're thinking about reality as the as best as we can conceive it. We can call it our experience. We can call it anything we want. But we're thinking about something other than merely the terms. And we're trying to figure something out without trying to ultimately lead it back to our own low interest, right? And say, okay, now I figure this out. Now I can make some money off of it. Now I can uh, impress somebody. Now I can think that I'm smart. That's that's a degradation of real human thought. It's a it's a it's a disgrace and, and it's not going to lead to our highest good. The only way to lead to our highest good is to think purely, is to think clearly and is to think for the the high, for the motive of trying to attain our highest good. We're not going to say it's without a motive like we said at the beginning. It's for a motive, it's to attain our highest good, but it's not for some kind of low ridiculous nonsense. All right? So we see here again this is a basic human activity. It's just like physical fitness, except maybe even more important because on it hangs our inner life. And that uh, we don't need it. has nothing to do in its own self with anything academic, schmackademic, uh, uh, college, schmollage. Nothing to do at all with that. We can grab anything in front of us. We see a leaf. We begin to think about a leaf. We see our grandma. We think about our grandma. We can't forget about grandpa. We can do the same thing with our grandpa. We see a, a car. We think about the car. Anything and everything. We can grab and we can begin to think and it, it could be unbelievably uh, fruitful and beneficial to us, except not in the low way. Remember that in, in the higher way. All right. So we can think about it. Thank you for listening.